once, but completely. As I sat in Frank's chair nursing my drink, I pretended to be weighing my options, but there was only one. Frank kept his gambling stash in his toolbox, a little over $1,200. I packed for a short trip and loaded the suitcase into the back of Frank's Chevy pickup. I was only leaving two people behind, if you don't count Frank. Carol from the bar and Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike was the top chiropractor in Waterloo, Wisconsin. There were only two, so it wasn't much of a competition. He'd taken over the practice three years ago when Dr. Bill retired. Ever since the accident, my back hasn't been right. Dr. Bill used to fix me up once or twice a month. I saw Dr. Mike more frequently. The first time he put his hands on me, I felt an electric jolt, like I had woken up for the first time in years. I came back the next week, and it was the exact same thing. I came back the week after that. I missed a week, and Dr. Mike dropped by the bar to see how I was doing. Frank was on a fishing trip, and Dr. Mike offered to give me an adjustment in the back office. It didn't go as planned. I couldn't trouble Carol at this hour. I'd wake her kids. Maybe I'd send her a postcard from the road. My chiropractor worked out of an office on the first floor of his three-story Queen Anne-style house in the nice part of town. The smart thing to do was to get out now, run during those precious hours when the world thought Frank was still in it. But I had few real connections to this world, and Dr. Mike was one of them. I drove Frank's Chevy truck to Dr. Mike's house and took the key from under the rock. I unlocked the door and entered his bedroom. Dr. Mike made a purring sound when he was in deep sleep, just like a Siamese cat I had as a child. He kind of moved like one, too. He always stretched his lanky limbs upon waking, alternating between slow and deliberate and fast and sharp. I took off my clothes and climbed into bed next to him. Dr. Mike woke up, wrapping his arms around me. Do you need an adjustment, he said. Uh-huh. That was our little joke. He kissed my neck and then my lips, and he turned onto his back, waiting for me to start. That was his thing. We never did it unless it was my decision. I had started it. I'd continue it. And today I was ending it. Dr. Mike and I were never a great love story. He was the place I went to when I wanted to forget. When I was with Dr. Mike, I forgot about Frank. I forgot about running from the law. I forgot about who I used to be. When we were done, Mike was massaging the kinks out of my back and trying to straighten out my spine. You're completely out of alignment. Did something happen? Did you do something you shouldn't have? Probably, I said. Dr. Mike turned me over on my back and said, something's changed. It's about time, isn't it? I'd felt like a speck of dust frozen in an ice cube for far too long. I should have done something about this life I had, long before dead Frank made me do something. I looked at the clock. It was just past midnight. Time to leave. I got dressed quickly. Dr. Mike studied me with a professional regard. This is the end, isn't it? I don't know how he knew, but he did. There was no point in answering the question.
In the next few days, you might hear some things about me. I just want you to know that they're not true. Later, it's possible you'll hear more things about me. Most of them won't be true either, I said. I kissed him goodbye for the last time. I drove 30 miles before I gassed up the truck. I had one ATM card and one credit card and withdrew the $200 maximum for each. I drove another 20 miles to the next fuel stop, got a strong cup of coffee and withdrew another 200 on each card. Frank had always been stingy with our money. I had one credit card and a small bank account and neither provided sufficient funds to set you up if you decided to take an extended vacation. I made one more stop at a quick mart got another $400 and dropped the cards in the dumpster at back. I had $2,400 and a Chevy truck that I'd have to lose before long.